Welcome to another episode of Into the Remote Podcast, the show where we explore the new ways of working and exciting new future of work. Glad to have you with us again. Welcome to another episode of Into the Remote Podcast. The researchers found that it was pretty common among workers to spend about 80% of their workdays communicating with other colleagues. And that's a staggering number. Remote and hybrid work has countless benefits, reduced time commuting, increased flexibility, access to global talent, among many others. But like everything, it comes with certain challenges, one of which is a communication overload. And today we'll be talking about why and how companies need to improve their communication practices, workflows, and tools to function effectively. And I'm super excited to discuss this topic with Ivo Sapar, co-founder of Remote How and Remote First Institute. And Ivo is one of the most vocal voices advocating for remote work since 2017. So way, way before it was so cool and so spread all across the globe. And they have helped over 2,500 clients to make remote and hybrid work work. Ivo, welcome. It's wonderful to have you here with us. Hey, how's it going? Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for accepting the invite. And let's dive right in. In your recent talk, Ivo, you mentioned that if you have just one remote co-worker, you already work in a distributed team. And this really made me think, how much do companies realize the fact that they ultimately found themselves operating in a setup that really requires implementing remote rituals? Yeah, so actually, if you think about um, even two separate floors in the same office and the fact that people are not even uh, meeting face to face sometimes between these two floors, they're already remote to each other, right? And then you can extrapolate it on multiple offices um, in different cities, in different countries, different continents. So we've been distributed for a very very long time we were just not using the name distributed remote virtual hybrid etc right um so this is nothing new that we're collaborating with people that are a couple meters away or a couple thousands um kilometers away right so it's it's wording but it's also mindset um that um that is taken here into uh into consideration so most companies have been doing this for long um most companies were not perfect uh just in making work work um not looking at the location but just looking at uh, at the ways of working ways of collaborating ways of creating the culture the list goes on and on um, so right now, when you're looking at the future of work, where it's about the outcome, it's not about the location, um, there's so many things that needs to be adjusted, uh, changed or implemented that we should be focusing on solving these issues um, and not trying to come back to the uh, good old days um, where, where we were all coming back coming to, to the office and, and, and then working. So there's definitely no uh, way to, to go back to this reality. We need to embrace the future. The future has many names. The future has um, many types, how you set, set it up. Uh, but there definitely is a lot of work 
um, ahead of us, and that's why uh, advocates, uh, ad activists, as as we are, need to uh, support uh, teams, companies uh, as much as possible. Ivo, you mentioned that there are different names to remote work, but there are also different stages, right? Like that's an objective fact of how companies are operating. And in one of your talks, you use this kind of a pyramid, right? Like describing different levels of, of remoteness of a certain company. And on the top, you had like this kind of a remote nirvana, uh, which, uh, which really caught my attention. But also, you know, other evangelists such as Darren Marf um, openly admit the fact that companies are on a scale, right? So a, a question to you, how much should companies actually strive for reaching that remote nirvana, that, that, that full remote setup? Or is it even possible? Is it even desirable to, 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 to try to progress on that scale or on that pyramid? Yes. So, um, I would say that uh, companies, uh, when we were talking about this pyramid that was uh, created by uh, Matt, that uh, one of the uh, founders of uh, Automatic, that the company behind WordPress, in the Nirvana stage, it's it's no longer about location because the company has um, figured out the ways to collaborate, no matter where people are, no matter the time zone. Like it, it boils down to the keyword that we'll be using soon in this conversation probably a lot asynchronous work right uh and of course on top of that the culture is amazing people thrive love it etc etc so there are a lot of components that i would say are uh connected to the statement this is a great company where people love to work will people um, are fulfilled, where the processes, tools, um, and every workflow is perfect, uh, the location doesn't matter, the time doesn't matter, etc. So, so this is kind of like this perfect environment that we should all be striving to create, either as leaders of companies, as individual contributors, or people that are, that are supporting this growth, right? Um, and then for some people within this environment, they would love come to come to the office or like come to the place with other folks uh, from time to time, but there is a built cadence around it. There are habits, rituals, like you mentioned, but the time they're spending there, it's more about socializing, hanging out, getting to know each other, maybe sometimes collaborating, brainstorming, right? So I would rather say that there's there are a lot of aspects how we're going towards this nirvana um, that are relevant, rather than just saying that on top of the um, on top of the pyramid, this is the all remote and nothing else, and this is where we should be going, right? Because there are different organizations, different needs of of certain individuals, and we should be accommodating um, for them um, by focusing on different aspects. And that's super interesting. And I would like to elaborate on that a little bit more. So you're talking about the ideal organization or about ideal way of organizing work, right? Utopia. <laughs> Utopia, right? Like, so it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's an aspiration, right? Like yeah. uh, uh, something to, to, to look up to. But I'm very curious, like, is it then, is it then this organizational uh, utopia? Is it defined by the place? Or is it defined by much more than just the place? 
Oh, much more. Um, but, so I would say one of the aspects, culture, how you can measure if, if we are reaching the utopia, multiple HR metrics, like the happiness of people, engagement, uh, retention rate, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, so basically answering the question, are people happy that it's Monday and that they are working? Or it's like, oh, no, it's Monday again, right? Um, so I would say that this is, uh, this is one aspect of this, uh, of this nirvana. Then you have... Um, everything related to like how the work is organized, right? That, that all the ways of working, collaboration, communicating, etc. And here definitely there are um, examples of companies that are really nailing this. And, and, and for instance, when it comes to async, it, Doist is, is, is one of them, like that the makers of Twist and, and Todoist. Um, and the list goes on and on. But definitely it's possible, um, especially it, it's easier to start on the team level to perfect this and 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 get to this uh, get to this utopia right and then the list goes on and on but i would i would say that like in matt's pyramid right there are certain stages um and there needs to be an understanding that you cannot change it over the night it will be a process um but at the end of the day we're creating not just better workplaces in terms of like the companies that will grow faster better etc but we're making positive impact on lives of employees right and i think this is one of the the drivers why i am so passionate about uh making this happen for for so many years because we can through remote remote work is kind of like a tool that can help us bring the control over our lives as well um but yeah, it, it will it will take some time. <laughs> so we are obviously talking here about organizational cultural changes, and we know that without the executive and the leaders behind, none of this yep. is actually possible, right? Like whether it's on a team level, as you said, or even higher on an all company level. So this is a tough job, right? Like for consultants, for uh, people even working in those companies, you know, to really advocate for these larger changes. So. How can we get the executives on board to do something about that future, to change the organization in a way that is going to serve the team and, and create an environment where, where the team can eventually thrive? So I would say we can go from two angles. So one is, is data. It's like a, this is a data-driven decision. This is a data-driven direction that we should be heading towards um, making all these changes because A, B, C, D, right? And it can be connected to HR metrics, uh, productivity metrics. Um, it really depends on the on the business, right? But, um, or maybe case studies from other companies that, that done it and succeeded in, in certain ways. Uh, but we're not just saying, oh, this is cool, let's, let's do it. But we're saying, okay, like this is the business, it's not a charity organization, um, but those are the numbers um, that are saying this is a good business decision, period, right? Mm, on the other side, uh, I would also speak to uh, the private side of, of, of leadership, um, of like their free time, their private lives and how um, distributed work, hybrid, remote, how they benefited from them as well, from, from that as well, right? In the last, let's say, 
just three years because like this is where the majority of the market learned uh, what remote is. Of course, for certain period of time that was that the hardcore version of remote during the pandemic lockdowns etc but then when things starting to get back to normal like mid-level managers leadership they also learned like oh cool i can spend more time with my kids with my grandchildren mm -hmm. i don't need to stuck in be stuck in the traffic etc so all these arguments that we're using as individual contributors employees but hey like they're also employees right um so those are the kind of two um, two aspects, but then also let's let's add that the, the third the third layer here, like um, leaders need to think strategically about the future, right? Um, it's not just about today, tomorrow, but what will happen in a year, in two, three, five years, etc., right? And um, when you look at uh, macro perspective, when you look at data, when you look at um, data coming from younger generations about their expectations and when you look how the job market will change in general like the continuous growth of freelancers consultants uh, right. people that would like to work less than more right maybe work for uh, two projects at the same time but then work like only three days a week for instance right and and the list goes on and on uh, how the market is changing from like pure nine to five full-time employee um, uh, that is just going to the office to people that are not only money-driven people that don't want to go back that don't want to go go to the office every day people that would like to make an impact and the list goes on and on about the changes especially if you look at the generation as that right Got it. So you basically build your argument using data, you appeal to their own personal experience and feelings, and then ultimately you try to evoke that kind of a feeling to look ahead into the future and try to create Correct. things uh, more strategically. All right, so we got the leaders on board. What are the yay. critical... <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's a big yay, right? <laughs> that's a big yay, but that's not that easy. <laughs> it's just I like know. Three minutes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. But once you accomplish that, it's a it's a big yay. So it's a huge uh, let's say we got them on board. So what then? What next? What are yeah. the critical steps or rituals? Um, as, as you like to call them, that the company actually needs to adopt in order to succeed yeah. with the distributed and more flexible operations. Yeah. So, so I would say that um, once we're past the mindset, um, we need to really analyze where we are today in order to understand what needs to be changed and, and adjusted. And one of the parts of even like the, the process when we're working with the, uh, with the leadership team is something that we're, for example, doing with clients like our experts is called remote work audit or hybrid work audit um, to basically get a better understanding where they are in terms of communication, collaboration, productivity, the list goes on and on, right? Because before changing stuff, <laughs> we need to understand how many challenges um, we Absolutely. have right now. So then um, a certain, uh, certain ritual processes, workflows uh, need to be um, put in place. When I look right now, what is the main challenge, like the area where there's the biggest legacy and, and where are potential uh, quick wins, at, uh, how we call them low-hanging fruits, uh, it's, 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 it's definitely communication. 
Um, it's both on the aspect of people are sick of spending all days on, on meetings that are that could have been an email or that are poorly prepared. Um, and then on the other side, how the communication is organized uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, either one-on-one -on -one communication, chat emails, uh, or team communication, company-wide communication, and just in general, the information flow um, within the company. So when we look at rituals, when we look at where we, where are these uh, quick fixes, it's definitely uh, communication. Yeah, we can dive deeper into specific uh, aspects, of course. Let's dive into communication. Communication is really like a nervous system for the companies. And in your recent talk, uh, you used word asynchronous 60 times. And very often when we talk about the remote work, one of the first words that pop out is exactly asynchronous communication. So for our listeners and viewers, Ivo, can you define what asynchronous communication ultimately is? Sure. So we have synchronous communication and asynchronous communication. Synchronous communication is when we are um, expecting to get an answer in real time, right? So I'm saying something and I'm expecting that you'll reply. I can also send you a message, can be chat or email, and I'm expecting that you will reply um, very fast, right? Um, on the other side, you have asynchronous communication where we are defining how this information flow will come. So I'm sending you a message, um, but within our internal uh, communication policy, if this is uh, nothing urgent, let's say um, it's uh, level three out of five, then I have four hours to respond, for instance, right? So we're defining how, um, how this communication is actually happening um, through the policy. So sending the message and i'm not expecting an answer immediately there is a time where i should get it so no more always immediate response right and this is one of the biggest distractors and one of the biggest uh, challenges where people are bombarding in real time messages emails calls um so then their day is like fragmented with there we've been working then there was meeting then they've been called then the message right we are not built to switch context uh, so frequently so we should be focused on one specific aspect finish this and then start the other right of course there are situations when something is urgent but this is like the tiny minority and we should specify what it actually is maybe our website is down or um our call center is not receiving like this is this is urgent for instance right but it needs to be put in writing right so async strives to um help people better uh, understand what they really want to say if this is urgent they help people stay more focused and have fewer uh, interruptions um it helps and with the documentation culture of the company, because we have more time to think, we can properly format um, our message. It can be also a video that we are creating, so we don't need to call a meeting. We can just record a video, do a screen share, uh, pass on some uh, some information this way. Uh, so at the end of the day, 
we're planning better our our work, which leads to less stress. So it creates more space for deep focus work. It uh, allows the team for more flexibility. And also it's basically easier to come back to the info, to, to all the information that was created since it's being documented. So those are some really amazing um, upside, uh, uh, you know, upsides of the asynchronous communication. But for many, it's a pretty new concept. Can you give us some examples of how we can turn the synchronous communication into asynchronous communication? Yes. So I would ask a question, what should be async and what should be sync, right? Because um, it's there is this misconception that asynchronous communication equals anti-meeting and like anti-sync just in general. Um, it's more of a question to define what's async-friendly and what's async-friendly. So starting from the top, when, when we're talking about synchronous communication, everything that is connected to team building, um, that is connected to um, also re um, conflict resolution, performance reviews, like everywhere where the ego is very much involved, all this stuff should stay uh, sync. And, mm -hmm. and out. Honestly, ideally, actually in person, especially when we're talking about team building, like the conflict resolution yep. performance, this can be done live virtually, but team building, absolutely uh, remote first teams or all, all remote teams, they're meeting on a regular basis, but this is the time more for socializing. Then you have the part where you can play around and that will depend on the company, experience of the manager, etc. where we have strategic planning, brainstorming, um, feedback, training, those are the things that can be a mix of sync and async. So for instance, you can do a lot of prep for the strategy meeting for brainstorming beforehand, which can be done async. You can use Notion, Google Docs, Miro, play around with Mural, um, with everything. So then when you're meeting for the actual brainstorming um, for the sync meeting, everything is prepared, everyone is on the same page, and we are really using this time wisely, right? Then we are looking at async only stuff for sure things like updates briefings like even company-wide uh, there are teams that are replacing stand-ups with just async updates um, this is everything that can be done async together with documenting our projects got it and it seems to me that we need to also develop some new skills in that's correct if, if we really want to get this right. So what skills do we need to develop if we want to get the async communication right? First of all, it, we need to all become better writers. Um, so unfortunately, I see this many, basically every day, how poorly messages are written, emails are written, poorly formatted, without context, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so for sure, this is one of the most important skills to be a better writer, um, to, to understand what kind of information is needed. And sometimes if you think like, oh, should I add it or not, over communicate always. It's better to add more information, more context. Um, so then you can potentially adjust moving forward after you receive feedback. Um, but that's, uh, that's definitely better. So I would say this is, uh, this is number one. 
Um, then when it comes to um, async, it's not only about text, but it's also about video. So more and more people are experimenting with recording these async video messages. Um, but if you want to do it right, you cannot just like record like half an hour video. Like you no. need to think about basically creating a script from for your video, right? That, okay, now I want to give an update to my team and ask them for an input. So you're basically like a movie producer, right? Okay, you're basically preparing an agenda for your video and decide like, okay, here I will share this, a couple of slides, here I will share this document, etc. right? Um, you don't need to be a, a video producer to like put it together and can just uh, use the, the simple tools that are up uh, that are available. Um, another skill, um, and this becomes a part of the of the process within the company, is to make decisions async. And there, there's like a whole framework um, which you can check. Actually, uh, um, it's it's published on Twist's um, blog, where there's a five-step uh, framework to make a decision um, async, where step one is that you're looping the right people. Step two, you're setting the right context. Like I mentioned, there are people, there is a context, there is a recommended option that you're suggesting we should we should take, but then you're also listing the number of uh, things that we should consider prime con, right? You have a single communication channel for this decision. You're helping people as a fourth step, keep the feedback loop structured. And at the end, once the decision is made, you're documenting this and sharing. So um, from the couple of things that I, um, that I mentioned, um, one of the theme here is that you need to build up specific habits, specific rituals. So if you're asking me what are the skills for the async work, um, one of the top ones or like kind of overarching is, is that we need to learn how to build up a habit and, and, and stick to this. Um, so it's easy to say that I will be make, I will be doing 10 pushups every day, <laughs> but then do it for three months every day. Right. So Got it's it. kind of very similar to async, uh, async work and, and all the, um, all the aspects that are, um, important here. So just to wrap it up, like if you really want to get the async right, first of all, you should become a better writer. So you need to work on your writing skills, also video producing skills, which are once again, very much assigned with uh, the, the way you communicate the ideas um, in a written form and then later on on the, on the camera. And the last thing, which was very interesting to me, was the async decision-making uh, process. Uh, very often, um, it's decision making is e equals a meeting, right? So yeah. this really <laughs> puts things upside down. And on that topic, on the topic of meetings, uh, one of the goals of async communication is is ultimately to reduce a number of meetings. But you already mentioned a couple of examples, and we all know that uh, we cannot simply and fully function without meetings. What meetings? in your opinion, um, Ivo, are critical for remote teams to function in a healthy way? So 100% uh, everything that is related to building that connection in the team, the, the, team build, the, the team building, right? Because 
at the end of the day, we need to enjoy working with each other. We need to learn more about each other. It cannot be just like writing. We're 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 humans. We we're we're looking for for a social connection, right? So that's definitely uh, definitely number one. Second of all, um, if we're talking about teams that are not yet very experienced in um, in distributed work, um, brainstorming sessions um, like this is something that you should uh, be organizing meeting for but there is a big important message here you need to put a lot of effort before this meeting happens but not just as a facilitator as a, as an organi- uh, organizer of this meeting but every single individual need to invest time in getting prepared for this meeting so Agreed. the meeting is is no longer we are just watching slides <laughs> and then starting from the scratch no a lot of stuff um a lot of stuff should be uh should be prepared so i would say that uh, those are the two um two examples um that that you could look at um and i strongly encourage everyone to take a look at the um meetings doomsday uh framework by asana uh, where basically they ran an experiment to remove all the recurring meetings from their calendars during the, um, related to like certain rules that they implemented and then recreate only the ones that made sense according to participants of these meetings. Got it. So if we want to increase the efficiency and improve the operations Overall, we should be really experimenting with async communication uh, instead of meetings, but meetings still remain a valid vessel for building trust and building connection within the team. That's connect- that's that's exactly true. And um, when we're looking also, uh, and we need to say it out loud, um, there are mistakes. There is the blood and tears throughout the transformation process. Um, we need to openly talk about what's working, what's not working. Um, and then the meeting is a perfect place to do it uh, because there is a body language, there is uh, right. different tones, right? So it, 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 it will be simply easier if we prepare um, and have this discussion, discussion live to then improve things uh, as a result uh, of uh, of this meeting. But that requires a proper company culture uh, that allows everyone for direct feedback. Absolutely. And Ivo, the way we communicate synchronously or and, and mainly asynchronously is obviously tied, enabled, and also formed by the tool stack and tools in general that we use in the teams. So for example, you know, it's hard to advocate in a more traditional teams for asynchronous feedback if we do not use Google Documents, right? And Google Docs or Figma that allows us to comment directly into into the visuals, into the designs, right? That the designer is working on at our convenience. So Ivo, what tools do you use to enable remote operations and asynchronous communication? Uh, number one notion, uh, and you've been a part of a very interesting async uh, experiment that we did uh, to prepare the remote first trends for 2023. So we engaged over 40 experts to work 100% asynchronously 
on a single piece of content, like over 40, 40 trends. We never had a meeting. Uh, we just used Notion uh, and it worked out uh, perfectly. So Notion is definitely um, number one. Then when it comes to the, the video part of async, uh, you're using video that is embedded in Slack. Um, we're sometimes using also uh, Loom. So those are, those are the tools that you can experiment with. There is a, a tool that is competing with Slack uh, around async uh, twist uh, from, from Duis. So that's, that's probably like the async tool for the text communication that is, there is, um, they're trying to approach this, um, this async uh, Nirvana and threads in a, in a, in a really interesting, in a really interesting way. And then, of course, all the tools for digital collaboration, the, the, the whiteboards, the murals, the, the murals uh, of the world, this is actually also async and sync, uh, async tool, right? Depends just if you're using this um, independently and, and then you're reviewing this. Mm, so I would say that those are the couple ones. Um, and then there is also... Um, maybe an, an alternative uh, to Notion, but more around work so and workflows and processes. Almanac, um, that is a really good tool for uh, for for documentation. Um, but the tools that our teams are are using right now uh, that are actually not really connected to async remote, just in general, for instance, like Confluence. Um, basically, everywhere where you're keeping the the, the documentation. And, and and you can have the uh, interaction between uh, between uh, between users. Th this is something that that you should look into. So I would rather look at what is your current tech stack and how you can make this uh, distinction: what's async, what's sync, and then codify it. Have your ways of working, etc. Rather than adding something completely completely new. Right. And Ivo, let's let's touch on the work that you've been doing with and for the company since 2017. And uh, really, uh, you must have been a visionary because, again, you were advocating and evangelizing remote work, you know, way before it became actually mainstream. So just very briefly, what exactly do you do at Remote? How and Remote First Institute, how do you work with the companies, with your clients? Yes. So uh, at Remote How, which is the marketplace with remote and hybrid work experts, uh, we focus on two main areas. So we are providing uh, virtual trainings uh, to uh, remote hybrid teams, uh, workshops, webinars, series of uh, virtual training sessions, cohort-based courses, and everything is delivered by world's top practitioners who've built flat, uh, these distributed teams, advice companies, they're like Silicon Valley based, uh, large corporates, Walmart, ING Bank, etc. So that's that's remote how. Um, and then uh, last year in, in September with a group of uh, remote uh, first experts, advocates, activists, uh, we launched the Remote First Institute, which is a not-for-profit focusing on educating uh, the market, focusing on bringing the community together, bringing experts together. Uh, we're hosting a lot of events we're creating a lot of materials, publications. Uh, right now, we're starting to work on more and more grants uh, that are supporting the research and development um, in the in the space. So we're 
launching in in, um, in April uh, this year a remote work score, which would be a free um, assessment tool, open source tool uh, to check the remote uh, readiness of yourself, of your team. So a lot of the stuff that at the end of the day is helping both individuals, teams or companies. This is kind of the, the common denominator of uh, what, uh, what I've been doing, what we've been doing with team. What are some of the learnings that surprised you from working with all these clients over all those years? Oh, wow. Well, um, that even probably the, the biggest one is that even though <laughs> I don't want to say cocky, but uh, even though that you know that you're right <laughs> and <laughs> that this is the right way to go, people are still so stuck in the in their mindset, in like their views on the, in, in this, this aspect work, right? And hey, but that was working for so much, so mm -hmm. many years in the past. Like we should be continuing, right? Um, that. Uh, it, 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 in some cases, you really need to grind and, and really work hard, not even just to implement the change, but just to change someone's mindset to be like, click, right? I'm, I'm on, on your side. Um, so throughout the years, working with really um, various clients, humongous corporations, startups, scale-ups, sometimes you're just like, oh, come on, <laughs> like this top two plus two is four. But yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's tricky. Um, and Ivo, is it, is it, is it changing? Yeah. Is it changing? Have, yes. you, have you seen a shift over those years? Yes, um, but um, I, I would say that there were different phases uh, when, when, when that was changing, right? The, 2017, 2020, uh, really small um, teams, small companies um, were uh, were open to this. Larger ones, absolutely not. Then 2020 was a moment when people saw that remote work can work, like the productivity is not dropping, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But still, it wasn't the moment like, oh, this is a long-term solution. No, it's rather just like temporarily. 2021, 2022. For different parts of the world, different organizations, there was like trying to revert back. Uh, some were like, okay, this is the future. And right now, 2023, this is the moment when I can say that a lot of people that uh, didn't believe in this and, and didn't see a, a potential and, and, and the future changed their mind. Um, but then coming back to like one of the themes of our discussion, the key here is to implement the right rituals, implement the right changes and stick to them. To wrap up this conversation, I have to ask you the question that we always ask, and that is what free books or articles or just the magazines inspired you recently into a new way of thinking? Uh, so last year I went the DAO rabbit hole. So DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is a, a part of the Web3 of the, of the new internet. But not from the crypto trending side of things, but really about the future of work, future of activism. And for those that never heard of DAO, DAO is this concept of people coming together that share the same mission um, and they're forming uh, something like a 
cooperative where they vote on what they are going to work on. Uh, they have a shared treasury um, and they are working on projects together and they can even become owners of this um, common, um, common place, the, the DAO, right? If, if there is a mission, a DAO group of people can help um, make something good happen in this. Um, so Google DAOs and you will find uh, a ton of information and just go there, go down the rabbit hole. Cool. So give us just free publications to start our journey down the rabbit hole. Just very mm -hmm. quickly, free. The resources that I would uh, suggest to check out, um, first of all, Bankless DAO. This is uh, one of the largest DAOs that is uh, educating about the, the Web3 space. Um, and also they have different newsletters. One of them is related to DAO only um, as a concept. Uh, the other one is a Llama newsletter. This is one of the DAOs um, that is helping other DAOs create their governance uh, policies, how to measure, how to um, uh, build their treasuries, um, etc. Um, and then Talent Protocol, uh, they're also putting uh, very interesting uh, resources. So those are the couple that uh, that I would uh, that I would suggest uh, checking out. Ivo, thank you so much for all the insights and all the tips. It was great having you on the Into the Remote podcast. Thanks so much for having me and uh, stay safe.